Lawbirds, that's our word, uh, brought to you by Fiendphone and Bipcot. Um, we have a special co-host today, uh, and I think Steve Miller Miller may pop on later and sound terrible, but we'll try anyway. So, <laughs> so why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, I'm MK Lords, and I am a co-host of Freedom Beans. I'm also the community manager at Airbits, and I do a bunch of Bitcoin and, I guess, anarchist activism stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> I guess. So yeah, you're going to be like the first <laughs> guest co-host for the Freedom Fiends, uh, Freedom Fiends, Lulberts, uh that, that we've ever had. Um, so that's all right. Um, hopefully, we're going to have more, but you know, maybe we'll bring you back on sometime later in the future. But uh, so we have a lot I'm to down. talk about. There's been a lot, so much going on. I have never done a Freedom Fiends show with you. I know we're both critical of Molyneux and, uh, and Cantwell, and we've never done a full show about Molyneux. Well, not we're not going to do a full show about Molyneux, but we definitely going to uh, talk about yeah. that. And we are going to talk about why you're wrong about the hateful eight. Uh, you mean why you're wrong about no, the no, eight? No, it, no, it, it's great. But either way, sure you're wrong. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so have you been following what's been going on with Molyneux lately? Oh, just barely. Um, so Molyneux, I I wanted to like him. A friend of mine introduced me to him about I would say about four years ago, and I. I tried to like him and I was already an anarchist at the time and I was trying to learn more about it and a lot, I heard a lot of good things, a lot of good feedback from my anarchist friends about how awesome Alanu was and how he breaks down concepts, you know, really clearly. And so I started watching some of his stuff and I just couldn't get past that he reminded me of my mother. So <laughs> I... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, it, it was more so his kind of smug demeanor. I'm not going to lie. I was a little um, turned off by that. So, but I, I gave him a chance. I tried to give everyone a chance. I don't think that first impressions are necessarily, you know, the, the total sum of someone's character. So I was turned off by some of his stuff, but I tried to give him a chance and I tried to read more about him. I liked the video he did, the story of your enslavement and stuff like that. So some of it was good stuff. Um, and he was a very talented um, and fairly clear communicator. So, uh, but I, I saw early on that he kind of had a conservative streak in him and I had been a bit really? concerned about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, I've, ha- I've just had the, with the way. Yeah. Yeah, I've had like the kind of the inverse. I think that he was kind of pandering a little bit more towards the left, and uh, especially like Marxists with the whole kind of like new Soviet man, but libertarian version of that. So it's kind of like the new libertarian man where he was trying to bring about like these these kind of like. Um, you know, raising children in order to 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 be like a certain perfect person for this anarcho-capitalist world, and it, it's hmm. kind of like the same thing with the Soviet thing. And he used to talk a lot about like tabula rasa type stuff, and he was a big fan of like the first part of the some of the new Zeitgeist films uh, where they were talking about you know how you can you know raise children to to kind of you know be different than you know what human nature is now, and but like once they got into the communist stuff, then he didn't like it. But I've always had this thing like he was really trying to pander to the left, and now he's starting to really go into the right. Was maybe you came later to the party because <laughs> I've noticed that he kind of made that shift. He made that shift earlier on, like he kind of dropped the whole kind of tabula rasa stuff about maybe 2012. Hmm. Was that about right? So yeah, I, I guess so. So this would have been in 
Well, I guess about 2012 or so, a little bit before 2012 was when I, mm. I gave him a chance and I started listening to him. What what I noticed the most about him was how he clearly had theater training. So yeah. he's he has an acting background, which some of his viewers may not know about. But it's it's pretty clear. I, I did a little bit of theater work and stuff, too. So I picked up on it. And that's why he's so good at communicating. So I noticed that. And I noticed just how polarized his positions were on things at first. Uh, it was very it was a lot of black and white thinking. It was like, if, for example, the against me argument <laughs> I came across. And a lot of my friends were very much like, oh, my God, the against me argument is the epitome of, uh, you know, the, the, this is the argument that will turn people, you know, into anarchists, kind of. And I found it very, I don't know, kind of lacking. I, I It wasn't super convincing for me. It was, to me, it, it, I, I kind of see what you're saying about appealing to the left because the left tends to kind of take that very personal approach. Yeah, so I can kind of see what you're saying with the against me argument. I was I was turned off by that and it seemed that he was very just black and white in his thinking and also very reductive. Um he's like, "Okay, well, you know, if you're if you go through these kind of things in your childhood, you're going to end up this way all of the time." And I had a pretty rough childhood. Um, you know, according to him, I probably should have defooed or whatever. Um, but I, I even found the concept of defooing to be very black and white. I think there's definitely a place for detaching from your family of origin if they're very abusive. But everyone's it seemed abusive. he was a, everyone's <laughs> abusive. abusive. Well, yeah, w w according to him, everyone's abusive. And um, it kind of creates a broader category of that than I think is really realistic. And it also cuts off relationships with people that have the potential to get better and understand why they maybe did the things they did. I mean, we have a lot of years on this planet, average you know, speaking, you know, 70 or so years um, on average. So to kind of cut someone off in such a drastic way for what I saw as kind of very insignificant things, again, like if you're using the against me argument and you're cutting off family ties because they disagree with you uh, politically, then I think that's a little too much. Yeah. Um, obviously, legitimate abuse is something different. But saying yeah, just saying that, that you, know, that you support oh, social security use... is not really abuse. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not. I mean, exactly. it's, it's it's horrible. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, at the same time, it's not like horrible. Like, oh, I got to. But but going back to what you said about about how it's kind of pandering to the left, it is because that sort of argument is something that the left loves to do. They love to do yes. the uh, oh, you you don't support social security? Well, you want my grandmother dead in the street. You know, you, like because that's that's <laughs> yeah. what will happen if you get rid of social security, right? Because there's no nothing else there. It's either the government does it or no one does it. And I, I had made this. I don't know if you saw this, but I made that kind of a, it's a satire video of me saying like kind of saying, like, well, I'm a status now as of the first of this month. And it was made in um, April. And, um, <laughs> you know, so like there's like all these kind <laughs> yeah. of red flags, like, you know, I, I joined my local chapter of uh, Citizens for um, Too Much Unfettered. Uh, freedom or whatever the cat muff and they had like all these like big red flags in there like saying and i support like court historians 
And, uh, you know, if, if you disagree with, you know, the fact that my grandmother should be kicked off of all these government programs and, you know, you want her dead in the street and I should decock you, which is de deassociate <laughs> from your clan or kin. And and I had people, I had libertarians come on there and go like, you're an idiot. Like, you, like you're just a, some dumb status. And I'm like, no, no. And there's comments of me responding to every single one of them saying like, this is satire. I'm a libertarian. <laughs> like, I'm just making a point well, that gets me argument. But they didn't even bother to read those before they left their comment thinking I was, a you know, and noticing those big red flags like I support skewed statistics. <laughs> But, well, your yeah. first mistake was thinking that libertarians would get satire. Yeah, okay. Yes, it's right. <laughs> okay, and I had to do kind of like joke on libertarians a bit because uh, very smart people, but very literal thinking. Mm -hmm. The Satire doesn't always fall well um, with them, and I've experienced We can be a little spurgy, too. that's for sure. So, can, yeah, yeah, we, you know, we take things kind of literally and um, it's something I kind of joke about the, the lack of sense of humor. And I think you do kind of see it with the more extreme factions of anarcho-capitalists, uh, specifically the people who follow Molyneux. It's a very, um, yeah, and, the, and very, very literally minded. You would think that those people of, of any of the libertarian factions would be like the most able to see humor considering that Molyneux does you know incorporate a lot of humor into his stuff some of a lot of it's getting really bad now but um yeah. you know you'd think that they would spot out something like this but they don't but um it seems as though he's definitely not an an anarchist uh anymore he says that morals right. are kind of out the window because we have a state now uh which was kind of 180 from what he used to talk about how you have supposed to universalize everything uh, morali uh, morally, so if it's wrong for you to do it, it should be wrong for the state to do it. Now that doesn't matter because darkies are coming into the country and we need to kick them out. Um, <laughs> They're trying to take our white women, yeah. you know. And he's he's totally fine with breaking the non-aggression principle. He's even made a video explicitly saying this, and I know Larkin Rose went on a fit about it, um, saying, you know, mm -hmm. it's okay to, to violate the non-aggression principle because they may break the non-aggression principle against you, these immigrants who are rapists and murderers who come in our country and ra rape our white women and 1488 and all that shit. Um, so he, yeah. he, he's, he's definitely done with the, the UPB stuff, it seems like. He's done with the moral arguments. He's done with you know fighting the state. And some of the stuff that he's been doing, like he did a review for Star Wars that upset Matt Pritchard, one of our other Lulberts, <laughs> to the point where he went on his channel and said, like, I hope you get cancer again. Uh, <laughs> and I'm sorry, it, it, it was blocked immediately. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think he said you're, you're, you're he's cancer. He's blocked me back. too. Yeah. So. yeah. Oh, he blocked everybody. Uh, yeah, but I don't, I don't think it's everyone. him. I don't think it's him. No, I it's think Michael it's, DeMarco. It's Michael, yeah. But he was kind of a yeah. block bitch before that, but just not as bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, so it, it, it's kind of the, the conservative streak I noticed very early on, just in the kind of at first subtle ways he talked about women, specifically single mothers and – Things like that. He's never been a fan of uh, single mothers. And uh, don't don't say I have very not a fan. Uh, fan. When you say I'm a fan, uh, or not I mean, a, fan, a fan, that's abusive. Like I remember he flipped uh, out on someone yes. for calling him a fan. So we got to watch that language. It's triggering. Yeah, well, Anyways. you know, uh, the jerk off motion I'm doing right now is also very <laughs> triggering. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, 
but he uh yeah so he he really went after single mothers in in some of his videos and and i love i i have to say from a linguistic point of view i love the term estrogen-based parasites it's so um vicious you know but uh he, he started using that term to describe uh single mothers and single women who were very focused on extracting resources from mm. from men um successful men and i i noticed this kind of early on and i was uh he was he was very critical of feminism early on, which you know I have issues with too. But his specific problems with it, I noticed, were kind of leaning on that. MRA. You know, he, he's kind of like walking the mm. misogyny line, and I noticed that kind of early on. And I, I would talk with people about it, and I, a lot of my friends were were followers of his, and I would bring these up, and they would kind of be like, "Oh, well, you know, no, he doesn't really, you know, hate women. He's got a wife and a daughter. Like, why would he hate women?" But that doesn't really. Yeah. change the 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 rhetoric that he was kind of using so i noticed that kind of early on and then he really kind of got crazy with it i mean i uh, he really so one of the videos that you're probably familiar with is feminism is socialism and panties oh, and I, have, uh, I don't even recall what was in that video it's, it's, it's a long time ago now. yeah it's been a while <laughs> but but what i what i ought to yeah, yeah. Well, like, you know, the the overarching theme in all of his videos is reducing the argument to very overly basic talking points. You know, all, you know, anyone who uses the term feminism is, you know, a terrible estrogen-based parasite who wants the government to take care of them. Yeah. It's kind of the theme he's been going with. Um, so I noticed that early on, and a lot of his viewers probably didn't care much because it's mostly a male base. Most libertarians are male, so it's not something it, – it's signaling language that isn't picked up on mm -hmm. unless it's something that you have kind of noticed before. So um, so a, a lot of people were kind of turned off by that, but uh, not enough to make any kind of impact. And it's been kind of interesting. I totally expected this progression to happen. Yeah. I, I feel like I called it a little over a year ago. With the Libertarian Welfare Queens article I did, I mean, I, I completely expected him to go full, you know, alt-right, race realist, <laughs> misogynist, like, craziness. I, I, he did various things, like the truth about makeup thing. Like, if you, <laughs> if you wear makeup and you're a woman, you're apparently a, a lying bitch who uh, is only out to extract resources and you only use makeup to freshen up your eggs so you look more fertile than you really are. Like, these are the exact arguments he was making. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I exaggerated a little bit, but like... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that off. little... We had, like, the little discussion with one of your critics uh, <laughs> who actually still subscribes to my YouTube channel. I don't understand it. He hates me. Um, but, yeah, he was saying, like, he, like oh, you know, like, you're strawmanning. I was like, that's kind of the point of the <laughs> video, but... Um, but I'm sorry, like if if I mean, who's really the the one that's the, the, the evil one or the dumb one here? If you're trying to say that that makeup, you know, like fools, fools guys. So like, do you really expect guys to believe that women have gold eyelashes? Yeah. To believe that they have uh, yes. gold eyelashes or, you know, do we recognize like, OK, she's wearing makeup. That I was does, about to say the yeah. same thing. Like if you think that. A woman's eyelashes are naturally golden then you're the one with the issues yeah. okay and if you're somehow you know appalled that she looks a little bit different without makeup i mean 
you know, that's your issue. Yeah. That's not hers. And 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 it's not like guys don't do the same thing to impress women on on some level. Oh, yeah. Like there's clothes, guys. there's bling. Yeah. Everyone uh, does every- things to make themselves look better. We yeah. all play towards our strengths, and that's a good thing for the most part. Yeah, I mean, uh, guys is, don't is wear it like Rolex. Lying and yeah. deceptive, like I don't know. Guys don't wear Rolexes and drive BMWs to impress other guys. <laughs> they, they, dress, they do it to impress women, for the most part. Um, so I mean, yeah, there's different things. If you, but, but this whole thing about like, oh, feminism, like the, the vast majority of feminism is not like the tumbler s They're just the more vocal. So you see them more. Yeah. And so it's kind of easy to kind of like lump everything into one group. And that's what kind of like Cantwell and Molyneux does when they make critiques about feminism, which there are some good critiques there, but there's a lot of kind of what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of a guilt by association. Like, Oh, you guys are using the same term that these people who want to like kill all men. Uh, <laughs> like there's, it, yeah. they're, they're very different. There's a very different camps. You just can't say that everything on the left is the same. Cause it's not just like, you can't say right. everything on the, on the feminist scope is the same, but it seems like MRAs kind of have a lot of more in common than they don't. And it seems as though like people who subscribe to the MRA stuff are just horrible. <laughs> like, yeah, so this part. is a point that I've been making forever now, and I catch shit um, from both sides, but more so the MRA side, for saying that it, it's very much the uh, – what is it called? The um, the horseshoe theory, mm-hmm. where you have two radical sides that end up epitomizing the same ideology, the same kind of tactics, and MRAs are just as hateful – of women and of themselves as super, super radical carceral feminists. So the carceral feminists are the ones who are trying to use legislative means to maybe take away rights for men or maybe balance the playing field. And I don't believe in playing politics. And I think they've had mixed success. I don't think they've been as successful as MRAs tend to say they are. But to certainly more successful the MRAs, than the MRAs, though that's for sure. <laughs> they uh, have been see, very this is where I kind—I of, do kind of disagree. I think MRAs are just as litigious as carceral feminists. Oh, yeah. But I'm talking and about an example of this. I'm talking about politically. Uh, well, they, even have, politically. They, have, they haven't gotten much thing much done. Uh, I think the only thing that they've gotten to do is got people to start talking about um, what is it, in, including women in selective service, which will never happen. <laughs> but that's uh, yeah yeah it yeah. just shouldn't be killing anyone but um but but it has they have uh started pushing back a lot and something i came across recently was uh then i don't know if you've heard of the national coalition of men but they're a very active men's rights group and they've started suing groups in san diego specifically that are trying to organize women's only events uh for example trying to encourage women in tech um, and diversity in tech, and they're having these women's events or like, hey, you know, if you're a woman in tech, we're having these women-only events where we can kind of talk and, you know, figure out ways to break into kind of this larger tech scene or just kind of support female entrepreneurs and whatever they're doing, which I think is is generally a good thing. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I've kind of participated in some of these things, but I, I'm not completely sold on the idea. I don't really want special privileges because i'm a woman or anything like that but they're they're good people that are involved and you know it is there is a huge disparity in that field 
Um, but the and National Coalition of Men will go after too. and yeah. sue these people. They will sue these people and destroy their businesses and run them into the ground with like lawyer lawyer fees and stuff like that because they're throwing like you know a happy hour that gives discounts for women or they're having like a women's only event where they're saying we don't want men involved we want a space to kind of talk just amongst ourselves and men will show up to these events and they'll say hey i'm sorry you're not allowed in and the men will throw a fit and then end up suing them and it ends up being this huge thing which is insane to me like so this is again there's no kind of that's the horseshoe there's thing, no principles right? involved here it's the horseshoe thing and yeah. w- when there's the state everything you know it, it's a hammer where everything looks like a nail and the mras and the carceral feminists use it they wield it as a tool to stamp out anyone who disagrees with them and that's really the core of it is yeah and it's you horrible know, if, to if have you're an anarchist events, right it's horrible to have men only events and it's terrible when women sue to do it but then they're perfectly okay to do the same thing it's it's meninists right it's they're basically they're doing all the things that they accuse the other side of doing that are terrible and they're doing the same thing it's the same yeah. thing with the alt-right getting getting all mad about the social yeah. justice warriors they're doing the exact same thing yeah. they just have a different set of and ethics. it's like i don't care yeah. yeah, I don't care if people want to meet, you know, only amongst their yeah, I don't care. very uh, specific peer group. Um, you know, do I think that like having a meeting of the KKK where it's like only white men and no one else is allowed is a good thing? I don't give it. I don't care. It's not good. I'm Identify not yourself. Yeah. I'm not going to come to your parties, you know, <laughs> but uh, if it's an only woman group, I mean, I, I've I've gone to events like that before, and it's it's okay. It's not like it's a man hating party or anything like that. It's just like, hey, we have a different perspective on things, and we're going to share that perspective. But maybe it's not always something I want to be a part of either. It, but the thing is, it comes down to free association, and you know this. Yeah, you know, I can freely associate with who I want to, and I don't want to join the uh, you know woman hating club. Like those guys look like <laughs> a bunch of losers. <laughs> the he-man woman haters yeah. exactly like those guys are those guys are losers and i don't want to hang out with them yeah yeah molyneux's a loser um <laughs> but yeah the, the, yeah. yeah the the whole kind of horseshoe kind of it, it's it, it all comes around and and i've been calling everybody who who's been I've, I've had like this group it's actually not a group it's one person who's getting his his fan bo- or i'm not even a fanboys, but he can't do it himself so he's getting like his friends to do it for him and they admit that they're <laughs> That he's doing this, um, and they've been kind of like uh-huh. posting stuff on my thing, like, "Oh, you know, libertarians are dumb. They're, you know, you should join the alt right." And it's it's the same thing. And I'm like, dude, like, do you understand that, like, the way you're acting right now is the the same exact thing that you're like criticizing feminists and the social justice warrior community of doing? That's destroying Western civilization. Yeah. You're doing the exact same thing. You're just doing it for your, you know, type of bigotry. <laughs> that's the only difference between, you know, it's like, okay, so it's not that you hate cisgendered white males. It's that you only like them. <laughs> so now you're just get, attacking me. Yeah. On that. So it's like, you're doing the same thing. <laughs> and, um, it's that, really funny. Yeah. It, it's really funny. Like when I hear, when so I call I hear them right social justice warriors. Call, right? 
They are. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what they are. And when I hear them saying, oh, you're degenerates or you're, uh, you know, whatever kind of terminology they use cuck. or you're a cock or whatever, like it makes me want to embrace that. You yeah. know, it makes me want to be like, yeah, I'm a degenerate. What we're, are you going to do about it? Are you bummed back. that I'm having more sex than you? Like, <laughs> we're taking the cuck back. Don't be jelly. <laughs> like taking cuck back. Well, so like the cuck thing is interesting. It's such a it's such a funny term because it's a term that people use to insult people who are getting laid more than they are. Mm. If you really think about it, so what a cuck is yeah. is someone. Well, so so what what a cuck is, and it, I, I do I actually love that it's kind of a Shakespearean insult. Like I, I have a background in in you know English lit, and like you know I, I love stuff like that. So it's a very cute um, insult. But they're basically saying, "Fiend hey, phone, fiend phone." Oh, we have someone joining. Yeah. Oh, is that Miller Miller? Hey. So I want to explain my theory on the cuck thing. So it's not so much an insult to me because uh, a cuck is someone who likes to watch their wife being pleasured by someone else, right? Usually um, black men. That's just, that's, yeah, that's the stereotype. Usually black men. But that person cuckfone, is still cuckfone. getting more action than the person calling that person a cuck, right? Yeah. Like the person calling that person a cuck or like it meant to be as an insult. If you use that term seriously as an insult – you're probably not getting laid. You're probably <laughs> some basement dwelling MRA, like, oh, I'm so oppressed because I'm a man. Like, oh, my life is so fucking hard. I don't give a shit. Like, it's uh, it's hilarious to me. And, um, yeah, those are my thoughts on the word cuck. Like, I, I kind of use it, like, jokingly as an insult, but, like, <laughs> it's not even that much of, his, of an insult. It's like, that sounds like a good time to some people. I'm not going to judge. That. Okay, I want to address everyone that's called me a cuck. First of all, Steve Miller Miller live in Philadelphia snowed in. Uh, hi everyone. Yeah, how, how was how was that? Uh, uh, how was everything in uh, Frostwitz <laughs> during the, the I'm, snow? Up? I'm hashtag Ohio strong. So okay. yeah, the snow the, where every, the everyone's on the Kinder Trans plow. Um, <laughs> yeah, the snow lacoste. Um, snow. Yeah, uh, I, I'm hashtag Ohio strong. So this this is nothing to me. Uh, this is. Literally, like like a foot of snow overnight. That was typical when I was growing up. But there are many people out there who have called me a cuck. And to those people who've called me a cuck, I say, hashtag, please donate sex with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> is, is your wife still a sumo? Is that what we're... <laughs> I accept bit sex with my wife. Okay. That's the other thing. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't have to it doesn't have to be Federal Reserve issued sex with my wife. <laughs> So I guess sex. that's a crypto cuck. That's then. a feature. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> crypto cuck. <laughs> so yeah. I so, love that. Crypto cuck. Oh my gosh. So did Miller Miller. Crypto cuckoldry. Yeah. yeah. Did, did you get to see Star yeah. Wars yet? Did you finally get around to it? No. Okay. So I had a chance in that I was doing my laundry at the laundromat. <laughs> like laundry? a big city homosexual. Yeah, <laughs> ain't, ain't no ain't no room in your tiny row home for a, for a for a washing machine. You've got to go with the access card recipients and the professional yep. supplicants and the minorities, and you've got to get yourself in an R selected or a K selected. I forget <laughs> which one it is. <laughs> Laundromat, and you've got to do your own laundry, and that's what I was doing. And a wonderful way to make money. That's not being a drug dealer, yet still illegal. 
yet also <laughs> stick it into the thumbs of the IP people, is to sell bootleg movies in the ghetto. Mm. So uh, if you're not going to be a drug dealer and you're not going to like have a regular job, you're just going to like sell things out of a bag for cash. The best legal ways to do this are by selling bootleg movies and selling body oils. Uh, Because body oils, you can get a gallon of them for like a couple dollars and then you sell like a little tube of it for five bucks each. And then, I mean, bootleg movies are free, right? You get them off the internet, you burn a CD, which your overhead is what? A couple cents. And then you sell those three for $10. And I, okay, there was this, there was this Chinese fellow uh, selling bootlegs in the laundromat the other day. And he had a three for 10 deal, which is good. Not all of them do three for 10. A lot of them really stick to their $5 price point. And at that point, I'm just done. Like, I need to get my things three for, I need to get my bootleg movies three for 10. My problem was on the third. I couldn't find, like, like I was, I would get Creed, I would get Star Wars, and then everything else he had was just utter schlock. And I also couldn't find a third for my night with him uh, because I had this plans where I was, we, he and I were going to have a night of wild sex as he was uh, so drawn in by the charm of my bootleg DVD purchase. Philly love. <laughs> hashtag Philly love. Uh, and then it didn't happen because we couldn't find a third. We couldn't find somebody else to complete that pit roast. Nor could we find somebody else to watch for, for me to Aww. watch have sex with him because uh, my, my cock game is weak. <laughs> and I didn't have a threesome with this man and I didn't see Star Wars, Jim. Oh, you know what I did see today? What did I see today, Jim? Hateful Eight? <laughs> better. Worse. <laughs> Pick one. Probably better. No. Probably a lot worse. <laughs> okay. Yes. What could possibly be worse? Oh. What's, what's the worst movie ever made? Oh, you saw Alongside Night. Alongside Night? <laughs> yeah, I watched it today. Oh, so t- how was that? Yeah, I can't spoil well, my review because uh, it's coming out soon. <laughs> yeah, so look forward to parts two and three. Okay. But uh, man, I saw this and I thought, dang! Uh, I bet you Adam Kokesh is somewhere on an Earth ship, uh, <laughs> telling people how few degrees from Kevin Bacon he is. <laughs> that was. <laughs> That was the first thing that I thought. I mean, well, it's Kev- was, and, how far away is Kevin Sorbo? I mean, that's or maybe Jake Busey. Maybe maybe he's got some contacts. But but I, but, but like to, to okay. So the the first half is pretty good up until the point. Mm. Okay, and by pretty good, I mean mm. watchably Horrible. terrible. Okay, yeah, like like it's it's like so bad. It's like I, I, I would and then the skin they get out of that mall, man. Like the lure of grinding <laughs> on my phone is just. Too oh, hard. I love the mall. <laughs> sit here and like oh, listen to like like have people walk by like 10 second clips of speeches that yeah i don't i i mean i'm not trying to spoil anything in, in parts two and three of the review but there's a lot of people walking by <laughs> video clips on a random on a random panel somewhere and, and yeah yeah i actually know where that are you mall saying is, people <laughs> I actually know where that mall where they film that at is because I actually had to go there to pick up a TV that Fiend ended up never phone. coming. Fiend phone. Oh, and Miller Miller had to. He always dropped out. I blame the snow. The oh cost. man! But I ended snow. up going there, and then I was like watching it. And I was like, "That's the same mall that I had to go pick up my TV that never existed." <laughs> 
Are you saying people don't like to listen to too long, didn't listen monologues by libertarians? It, it was. It's just like they're not even long. I mean, like they would just go up to like a guy who's no. selling cigarettes, quote unquote, but they're actually marijuana cigarettes, and he was just like, "Here, have a pack of right. Marlboro Reds," and it's like. Or Marble Greens or Joynets. A Joynets. They're yeah. called Rainbow Joynets. Yeah. <laughs> of course, Rainbow is like one of the Rainbow Joynets. Vegas, right? Rainbow. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Anyways, um, that was that was an excellent review, by the way. I I not, I've been wanting to make that review for so long. <laughs> you know what I else I watched it. today? God's Not Dead. You ever oh, seen that? Oh. Another Corb- oh. Uh, Sorbo classic. And not uh, yeah, I watched those on a double feature. You've been okay. sorbo saturated yeah. today. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I mean, if I'm going to be snowed in, I might as well be miserable. So, <laughs> it just was like just like another movie. I mean, like, this is kind of, of like of cinema coming to life. A Heatful Eight is about how you're snowed in. Except you know, I don't I don't know yeah. what's worse. Well, and, Everybody and, and why you shouldn't other? make a movie if you're snowed in. <laughs> and I don't I know what's worse. It's terrible. Having everybody could, kill could each other just... or watching Kevin Sorbo movies <laughs> and specifically alongside night. Mm, I think God's Not Dead would yep. probably be a better film. I have not seen I have not seen it, but I did see Alongside Night and that was pretty bad. I don't think anybody anything can be that it's that horrific. Worse. I, and mind you, I had just watched the garbage pail kids. So like my <laughs> like right before I watched that, I was like, oh, I can get a hold of this other bad movie. I'm gonna watch that too. And so and even then I was like, this is awful. And I'm kind of like immune to bad movies at this point. It, even still I was I was in pain watching that. And especially the mall scene. I don't know if he's ever been to a dispensary uh. before, but that's not what marijuana looks like when it's legal. Not at all. You don't get uh, and why would there be a, a okay. store in a mall selling nuclear arms only? Why? <laughs> Little, right. But even still, all right, How so you watch the Garbage Pail Kids before. You watch the Garbage Pail Kids beforehand, and you're like, okay, I've seen terrible movie. I'm ready to, like, I'm ready to watch another terrible movie. Even still, you have no idea that the dude is going to be like, hey, I need to debate you on the topic of whether this movie I made is a piece of shit or not. Not just not just debate me. Okay, J. Neil Shulman. Oh, I've been calling him Ill Neil Shulman because he's Hubble, uh, Hubbard level bad director. Um, but uh, he, he wanted he wanted to have a screening here in Vegas where he would screen the film to a bunch of people who wanted to see this, and then if they actually stuck around to the movie, then he wants them Bunch. to listen to a debate about how bad that movie was. And I'm still like, no. <laughs> Everybody in the anarcho-capitalist Facebook group, the you know the one that likes to post gay pictures all the time, uh, they were like, oh, you I should definitely, yeah, you should definitely go and debate him. And I'm like, why? <laughs> no, 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 Everybody no, no, no. Everybody would sit through that film. I don't. I, it's probably defective somehow. <laughs> Didn't get up and I will <laughs> fly to Vegas to moderate yeah. that debate. I said it before, and I'll say it again. I, I, I will make that <laughs> offer. All the time. But here's the thing. Part of the condition of me coming out there to moderate that debate is if I learn that there's going to be a public screening of this movie and anybody brings a, brings anyone under the age of 18, I'm going to call CPS and, and get the state to come in and take these children oh, away. <laughs> like, I can't think of anything worse. Like, well, that's terrible. Well... Uh, I knew and then uh, you should, you should, so call Amnesty cup. International because that's a human rights violation. 
Well, so like, so the the debate violation. is is interesting. Yeah, it is a human rights violation. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like, it, no, no, you shouldn't lower yourself to that. Like, the, he he's one of those people who deserves to kind of be ignored. I mean, I, I love the reviews. Don't get me wrong; that's hilarious. <laughs> Mocked or ignored is is where he kind of falls in uh, as far as my uh, level of caring about him uh but it was it was a horrific movie um you know it was worse than hateful eight i'll give you that i'll concede it, <laughs> no, it was worse than hateful eight hateful eight was horrific no, but really, uh, here, uh, no, it was why. terrible if you how could you uh, how could you sit there and tell me that reservoir dogs is a great film when this is the, uh, the exact same mm-hmm. thing only a western and I guess it, the N word is that that triggering. I guess uh, I guess that's the only real difference. No, no, it's nothing. It's because it's the exact same thing, and he didn't do anything differently between that and Reservoir Dogs and Django Unchained. He was oh, still going with the bounty hunter storyline, and and besides that, the dialogue was not that good. It was shittier than oh, usual. Wrong. I did like the little. I wrong. did like the bit about like no, no. I the only bit I liked was when he was trolling that old guy. Uh, uh, about his dead son um that was hilarious um but but it, they he ended it right before the the intermission which uh made you think that the movie was going to get better when it actually didn't um but see there was no who done it the dialogue was not but, on point the the oh, the bounty hunter thing was was reused and i i think a lot of this same dialogue was just kind of almost copy and pasted from Django and the snow scenes and you guys you may have seen snow like the 20 minute shorter version than i did no that was retarded like it was it was okay i shouldn't maybe use that word but like the snow scenes were so as as a retarded american loud you should be um (laughs) but it was so loud it was so so unnecessarily loud it was totally wasted the 70 millimeter was totally wasted on these too loud Like two long snow scenes where nothing fucking happened. I don't know. I, I've, I've seen a lot of people like, complaining about seventy millimeter period. Not not because of this movie. And, 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 it's not. It's and and, and listen. On I I love. Everything's wasted on seventy millimeter. I I love. Okay, so I love gratuitous, over the top comical violence. Um, mm-hmm. but it was just lazy. It was I found it lazier, lazier than Kill than Bill. Usual. He, I feel like I feel like he phoned it in. Oh, it was way lazier than Kill Bill because uh. there were no actual fight scenes. It was just him beating up a woman who is captured, who is like chained to him. Like that's not interesting. There was no like karate involved or but whatever. It was interesting once you found out how terrible there was no she martial was. arts. No, like <laughs> Uma Thurman like ripping out a ripping out a woman's eyeball in, in the middle of fighting that's badass that's sexy that's cool um him punching a woman who's chained up to him like repeatedly that's lame she didn't even get to fight back and yeah she was evil but she couldn't she, i didn't feel like she got the potential of evil fiend she, phone she could fiend had, phone you no know? And uh, and I didn't like that it was in the but same location. How could location. you say that there was nothing? I, I wish they'd changed up come. scenery, changed up location. Oh, what? So they're snowed in in one freaking place, and then they do like it a looked better. It looked better than that where random it's warehouse. It looked better than the warehouse where they're killing everyone all the time. Okay, so like as soon as the flashback starts, it's like, oh, okay, so everyone's gonna die in this scene. I already know what's gonna happen. There was no subtlety. It was all. But there I, was, I, I was a done it element that was not in single Dogs, part of it, right? But there was a who done it element. No, I knew yes, immediately who done it. 
Uh-huh. I knew immediately who did uh-huh. it. I did. Uh-huh. I was like, uh-huh. oh, okay, yeah. It's uh, obviously the Michael Madsen character. Obviously. Like, it's, obviously. It, no, it was so... It was so... <laughs> now that we spoiled the movie. Predictable. <laughs> it was extremely predictable. Yeah, mm. I, spoiler alert. Uh, it's super predictable. And he phoned it in. He, he did a stereotypical wrong. Wrong. Tarantino film where he didn't even work. He didn't even try. No, he, he, he didn't tried. even try, and that's what disappointed. No, no, I, d- I totally no, disagree. I, I think I, th- I love Tarantino. I I had high the dialogue was on point. I had the there highest was a good expectations. It was not. Yeah, it, it was, was the lame. violence was on point. Nope, I knew immediately who did it. It was super predictable. The music was fantastic. It, because, the sound because was fantastic. He used okay. I, <laughs> but, okay, I like the music, but I, I will say, but like I will but say, it was so predictable. He just okay. followed the formula I will and say, didn't even try to stray from it. It's not. It's not as good as Inglorious Bastards or Kill Bill or any in fact I don't think it's no, as good not as any of close. the others but I will say that it is, that it is it is it is great phoning in thing I don't buy that I don't buy any of that stuff it's not, and the music I know, was great totally too he, I fall no, somewhere in be- in between the two of you. I, I give him I credit. I wouldn't call it great. I wouldn't think. It's I give terrible. him credit for hyping it up enough to where he got my money. Like, good job. Good <laughs> did you, job. you saw? Did you see it in seventy millimeter? Because everybody who I, yeah. I've I've talked yes. to said I that did. the seventy millimeter thing was a complete waste uh, of time. It's, I had to go back yeah, because because the projector broke the first time. Yeah. I had to go back the next day to see it because they were having technical issues. I think everybody had technical issues. And because everybody was complaining about technical issues, I was like, nah, I'm just going to go see it in standard. Screw it. And I, I was glad I did. I, I liked it. Bastard set it on fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, I think it was, a, it was a good idea to try to do something 70 millimeter, but – you just can't just dump it on a theater like a week before, <laughs> you know, before you're going to be doing a uh, release and expect them to figure it out. Especially since it like takes like a couple weeks for them to train in order to do it right. And then like you need experience yeah. to know what would happen if something goes wrong. And they didn't do that. And everybody I talked to had had problems except for like a few people who went and saw it again later, like a couple weeks later. Got it worked out. And even still, I was like, nah, I'll just go see it standard. And I was happy. Yeah. No, that was the least of my issues. I, I, I knew the 70 millimeter thing might be a bit of a uh, technical hang up and it was, but it was okay. And um, the, it was just the hype around it. And it was such a letdown compared yeah. well, to the, the hype. You kind of had to have the hype because there was an organized boycott for it. So they had to do something to counterbalance Right. That. But uh, it, Oh, wow. The cops yeah. are after me. Well, boo-hoo. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, like, oh, He's, you know, like what? Like I love how there's like there's hate on both sides. Like, oh, one, he's racist, and two, you know, he he doesn't like white people. <laughs> it's like at the same time. It's like, <laughs> okay, you know, <laughs> like he he wants all these white cops dead. Like, oh, he wants he keeps calling black people the n word, and it's like, eh, pick one, stick with it. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right. Well, like, and again, like, you know, I don't have any problem with with what words are used, but again, it just seemed like I'm going to make a movie so I can say this word a lot and on, you know, whatever. I'm Quentin Tarantino. It was lazy, is my criticism. He was lazy about the dialogue. The the, the N word is almost in like every single one of his movies, and it's uh, in there a lot. Overplayed. And it goes back as far as Reservoir Dogs, <laughs> like, and even right. True Romance. There was a part in there where he just sat back and, and called you know Sicilians black, uh, you know, inwards. <laughs> like that was like a whole scene, and it was just totally unneeded. 
it was a good scene, but yeah. it, it was just totally unneeded. He just wanted to throw it in there, it seems like, which, you know. That's how I feel about it. Like, some of his stuff lately, it's like, are you just making movies so that you can say this? Yeah. Like, and it's not even that controversial anymore. Yeah. You know, it's kind of expected. It's like, I'm watching a Tarantino movie. He's going to use the N word. Yep. Like, all right, that's not edgy anymore, okay? Yeah. I mean, and he overuses it is the thing. Like, it, it's it's overdone. But either way, it's a great I'm film. Go it. see it. <laughs> now that you've no, already don't been go spoiled. See it. Don't waste your money. Rent it's it. Terrible. Rent it on rent it on Blu-ray. <laughs> Bit torrent it. Torrent it. Yeah. Find find some bootleg copies on seventy millimeter. And <laughs> and uh, for the record, it it doesn't get better halfway through. They, he makes you think it does. It doesn't. Yeah, Everyone dies in the end. Spoiler alert. Oh, and I want That's to raise a, a broader point. Uh, there's a lot. In his there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of videos out there that that are telling kids that are suicidal that life gets better. And I just want to also note that that's also false. And life does not get better. And you harder. might want to kill yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if, once you think it's finally getting great, then you read a review of Star Wars by Arini. Have you guys seen this? This is no. like by far like the no. worst. I, I the Molyneux one was was is probably even worse, but this one is like pretty bad. Cause I don't think these people saw the same movie that I saw. Uh, they're like talking about like, oh, it's just a social justice warrior movie, and it's it's it shows like this false women, um, it's like women, female empowerment, but it's not like I'm. So, I, I, yeah, I, women are never empowered. But, it, but but no, it's not that. It's because like, oh, she's a she's a Mary Sue. But we're gonna find out why she's a Mary Sue, and I have my re, like. Un, reasons for explain uh for thinking this i think she's she's the reincarnation of vader uh i really do believe that um especially when you get to see like there's a part where there's a flashback um i guess i can't well i guess you can't spoil it now because anybody who's really interested in seeing it has already saw it except for you right yeah Yeah. i'm not gonna see it you're not i just don't i think you'll like it (laughs) i might see it i might see it but it's amazing how much more Maybe we should have Molyneux. Exp- Do you want to hear Molyneux talk about it? It's like well, it's it's anti-family and anti oh, it's uh, far so worse Western civilization and and pro social justice. If and that pro was woman, it, and that's just terrible. Yeah. Oh no, it's not just that. It's it's that it's that it's you know like oh, it's teaching women a false narrative and stuff about female empowerment, and it's, it's not. I mean. It, yeah, well, we now, all know women. Interestingly, never be and I think so. tellingly, in The Force Awakens, the fight against evil transitions from a desert to a snowy forest, which mirrors the Fiend original phone. desert war in Iraq Fiend phone. and Syria, which is now shifting to Europe as over a million migrants have illegally entered Europe from the Middle East and are currently driving huh? up rape rates yeah, exactly. in Sweden, home to a fair number of snowy forests. Like, he oh, doesn't Jesus. even understand. Like, rape! <laughs> like, he always does like if you ever saw his review for Avatar, it was basically yeah. like, oh, this is a brilliant story. It like you know it's it's revolutionary and all this stuff. It's like no, it wasn't. This is the same story we got with Dancing with Wolves with Fern Gully. They just did it with you know a different thing. I love just, Fern Gully. Yeah, but it's the same story. Like we've heard the story. Yeah, white guy comes into a neighbor uh, an area where there's indigenous people. He hates the indigenous people because that's what the white people are supposed to do. He falls in love with yeah. one of the women, finds out that the that these people are are that Fiend he becomes phone. one of them Fiend and then fights fights the white man off. It's the same story. We've heard right, it a million times, right. but he ended up deleting that it's, because yeah. because it humanized the immigrants that he now hates 
So he removed it from uh, YouTube. I have a copy of the uh, of the the MP3 of it, by the way. But uh, <laughs> so I'm going to be linking wow. that to the. I'm going to be well. I can't really just directly link it. I have to find some other thing to do. Um, because otherwise it'll, it'll show up in your podcast. And I, I know people will be upset if like Molyneux starts showing up in people's feeds, but yeah, like he does this and he just puts Tricky. like all these, yeah, like this, you know, like over, but that's not what it was about. It's about kind of like reminding people like, Hey, we can still make a good star Wars film just like the old ones because it had a movie that was mostly desert and then a movie that was mostly uh forest and then a movie that was mostly snow or had, had big rules in it. Maybe not mostly. But that's what that was for. It has nothing to do with the war in Iraq. You know, like the original. No, no, that's, it was <laughs> such a random, like, part of it. It's like, wait, what? Syria? Iraq? Huh? Yeah. Where are you getting this? This oh, is yeah. uh, quite, a, quite a leap. And it has a black guy and, and some snowy forests. That means you're talking about the rapes in Sweden. No, it's not. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Ah. So that's what I had to be Insane, dealing with. Insane, yeah. dude. Yeah. Insane. And then they completely gloss I, over the uh, fact that. That this Kylo Ren character, who's like like a, a stronger force user than any other person, fiend phone ever, fiend phone, is shot by like Shuey's uh, like rocket launcher uh, howitzer thing that he's got this crossbow thing, and like who's everybody who else has been shot by has been shot like twenty feet away and dies instantly, but Kylo Ren took it like a man and then fought two people. <laughs> you know it's like nice. how could how could you sit there and say that you know like she's like this wonderful like this character who's beating up everybody which he's not <laughs> like it, it took it took like he had to be weakened in order for them to fight and he still didn't lose like this i don't even think they saw the same movie and it's just all kind of like this way to push this agenda that he has you know that you know are, are, as they put it dindus are terrible and women are terrible oh god yeah. <laughs> like, that's what it's oh all my about. god I feel like I shouldn't know what that means. Yeah, I should. You know? <laughs> I feel like I shouldn't know what that means. But, uh, well, it's so, it's so weird to see the, the MRA reaction to some of the movies that have come out. Like, I don't, I don't watch a lot of movies. Like, I, I'm just not really impressed by the marketing. And, and, like, nothing really looks that interesting to me. Like, Hateful Eight did kind of look interesting. But, like, <laughs> other than that, like, I, I just haven't been that impressed by, by the marketing or whatever. But it's just amazing to see the, the boycotts or whatever that the MRAs will do whenever there's one strong female lead. And it's so crazy. It, it's psychotic to think that a movie with a strong female lead is somehow p- hardcore pushing a feminist agenda when she we're doesn't want to hold someone's hand. Now getting yeah. to strong female leads in what, like the past five years or so, yeah. <laughs> like compared to oh, I don't know, all of movie history. Yeah, I've, I've like, heard like people kind of say. Delusional. I've heard people say this is like feminist propaganda, and the reason why she's a strong quote unquote feminist, the only thing that they can come up with is that she doesn't want to hold some stranger's hand while they're running away. Like while he's trying to like yeah. grab her hand, the whole like there's the whole escape scene, and she was like, "No, like get off me!" Like that's how was well, that, that's that's feminist if you're not now? Hands, like, yeah, okay. like it's just and she's holding business. the staff. Like yeah, just trying to fight. Well, I, I remember uh, they were they were boycotting. They were gonna boycott um, uh, Fury Road and. I, that that inspired yeah. me to go see it. I was like, "Ooh, I didn't know they were remaking Mad Max. I'll go see it." And um, it was all right. I wasn't super impressed by that either because I didn't 
okay so like furiosa was badass right mm -hmm. but like there's that scene where where uh she gets shot in like the ribs or whatever i'm sorry if this is a spoiler alert um but but they I have like the other the other pregnant girl and she's like she's like max she's hurt real bad like come come save her like it she she was a strong female lead but it was obvious that max was the lead in that you know, like it was, she wasn't so strong that she could like still drive the war rig with an arrow in her side without Max saving her. Okay, yeah. like it wasn't that hardcore. Like you know, I didn't see a lot of whole, you know overriding feminist themes, but it, it was a good action movie. Like there was a lot of fighting and explosions and stuff like that. It was, it was it, great. Uh, so. it, it was intense. It was really, it was very really intense. intense. Like every movie that I see now with action in it, I'm just like, nah. Because it, yeah, it, it totally desensitizes you because you're like nothing <laughs> right. else. Because that movie was like being stuck in a roller coaster for two hours. <laughs> and then like you go and see right. like Age of Ultron and you're like, nah. <laughs> or like Hateful Eight where like the only explosions is like people's head like being shot with these, you know, But see, that wasn't supposed to be that would intense. never even do that anyway. That like, wasn't supposed you know, to be intense. That was supposed explode. to be fun. Well, neither was Kill Bill. Like nothing in Kill Bill was supposed to make people bleed like that. Come on. <laughs> yeah, which I love. I, I yeah. do love that part about Tarantino movies, the gratuitous comical violence. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's supposed to be unrealistic and fantastical. Yeah, but, you know, at least people weren't spraying their faces with uh, cake decorating spray, right? <laughs> 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 but, um, yeah, I think I think out of all the films that I saw that year, in including what I just saw, Hateful Eight, even though that came out the very, very last second and I didn't see it until next year. This year, uh, I think to say Fury Road is probably the best thing I've saw. Fury Road is yeah, badass. that was probably the best. Um, Although, wait, last year did no Birdman was the year before. I did not like it? Birdman. I did I not like Birdman. I loved Birdman. No, Birdman it's, was it's, my jam. No, it was. Oh that, my was, god, how are you so wrong about this? It was no, the, the what was it Silent House? Kind of had that whole like, oh, let's make it one continuous shot. As a I movie. loved it. It just it was the, it's a gimmick, and it, I just felt it just it just got it's annoying amazing. after a while. The acting was on point. I loved it. Was it was fine. It was just it got that gimmick. The, the just commentary, got the no. the social. Uh, so what I liked the most about it was the social commentary, and I think you see this played out in real life with you know internet stars, for example, and uh, you know on a larger level other stars. But this idea that if you have to, you if you're so outrageous to start with, the only way to go is to keep being more and more outrageous until you die, mm -hmm. you know, or until you kill yourself doing that. And that's what a lot of these kind of personalities set themselves up for. I thought it was a really good social critique. And there were some parts, I, and I love the, you know, the kind of uh, uncertainty of it all too, kind of especially towards the end, you know, you, you kind of there was you kind of left on a bit of a cliffhanger, and there were no no resolved plot lines or a lot of questions left unanswered. I kind of like that. Yeah, speaking but, uh, of but no, which, I, did did Miller Miller get like some uh, some Iceland B or something like that? Because he kind of he's been quiet lately, or did he disappear? <laughs> I can oh see yeah, there he goes. This. Oh, there he goes. Ah. <laughs> oh. yep. Yep, into Dang. the oven. In, I don't know. In, into the freezer, I guess. <laughs> into the oven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's, it's a smell of cost. You, you oh. can't help it. Yeah. Too soon. But, uh... Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah. yeah, but uh, but no, Birdman was like my favorite movie. Um, I, I think that came out. Yeah, I think I, last yeah, year. yeah, before. I don't remember this whole last year has been a bit of a blur for me. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, um, no, Birdman was awesome. I want to see it again. Like, I have to see it again. It was really. <laughs> I want to see Hateful Eight again, and I want to see the uh, new Star Wars again. Um, I want to see Fury Road again. <laughs> But I don't know. I'm not that much of an adrenaline junkie. I don't know. I'd watch Fury Road again. I was I was really I was kind of stoned uh, with my best friend when I saw that. So we were laughing the whole time. (laughs) We were like giggling, like especially because it was was me, me, my best friend Rachel, and like especially about the part where like she shot in the side, like the other girl like hangs on the warring, and she's like, "Max, come help! She's hurt real bad." We like start bursting out laughing, and like people are looking at us like, "What is wrong with you people?" We thought it was I, I thought it was a comedy more than an action film. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess I don't. I hope I hope Miller Miller's okay. I think his power went out. Yeah, oh, man. So, I, I hope guess, the snow hasn't yeah. consumed him. But you know, at least you know. He doesn't get to have to watch uh, alongside night with no power, so that's oh Jesus, that's, that he, he's blessed. I wouldn't wish that on anyone. No, but I guess the the next film that everybody's telling me to review after this is Silver Circle, and I saw the trailer for that. And I, this has to be way worse. <laughs> this has to be way worse. Uh, Silver Circle. Have you heard of this movie at all? I have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The animated movie. It, it looks like Food yes. Fight. It's like Food Fight level bad animation, three uh, D animation, but. Um, yeah, it's... at what point are you punching down jim <sighs> i don't know i don't know <laughs> but everything is terrible there just needs to everything be something is terrible there, there, there is some good like libertarian stuff I just these two are just so bad <laughs> like why were they highland like yeah. this is great Great books, you know, like there are good books out there. Um, I didn't like but, Atlas but Shrugged, yeah, but it's, it's way I don't more. Like Atlas Shrugged. Yeah, I, I didn't like it either. But I mean, it's way more tolerable than this. Way more tolerable. I can. Uh, I don't know. The, the films were were weren't that god awful. They were just like, oh, these are just kind of campy, you know, made for TV movies. But these are. <laughs> like these are offensively bad. Like I had to watch them in parts because it was so bad. And then I ended up doing a, a full run through and I was, it was painful torture. And now I have to go through it again to, to edit a video about it. So, Oh man, yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I saw it at the pork fest, the two years ago, I guess it would have been 2013 when mm-hmm. it was being screened there. And I sat through it and I had not read the book and I know a lot of people had read the book before. And yeah. if you read the book, I'm sure it made sense. But someone who hadn't read the book and wasn't familiar yeah. with the storyline, I couldn't follow it whatsoever. It was so disjointed. And people I, said the I, book I was like, good. what is going on? Yeah, I've heard the book is good. And I'm yeah. sure I, I'm very much one of those assholes who's like, oh, yeah, the book's better than the movie, you know. But um, but it was so disjointed and I couldn't follow it. And I was like, oh, why is Adam Kokesh in this movie? This is weird. Yeah. This is – I don't get this. It was a lot of inside baseball references that i don't see how anyone who wasn't familiar with libertarianism would even understand and it's it's so it was hard for me to follow yeah. and i understood like a lot of the inside stuff yeah and it's like it's it's so prevalent that you can't ignore it so if people if you, if you don't don't know what it is it's just like what is all this stuff going on i don't know what's going on 
Someone explain any yeah. of this, any of this stuff to me, like if you didn't understand it. And when you do understand it, you're like, this is. I, wait, 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 hold on. What was what was going on with the plot? I, I got so distracted by pictures of Spooner everywhere <laughs> that I forgot what was going on. And well, it's particularly bad when you realize that the invention of Bitcoin kind of kind of completely undermines the entire mm-hmm. plot. Exactly. It's like, uh, and it kind of has yeah, this kind of fear smuggle of smuggle gold. Yeah, it kind of has this fear of like, oh, a cashless society. Like, is that's kind of bad? But now that we're like, now we're nah. perfectly happy with Bitcoin. Right where there's a ledger for every okay. every transaction, I'm okay with that. I sh- it, I think it should go dark, but at the same time, it's like it's not it's not as evil as we thought it was. Um, well, and it's not that hard to anonymize it. I mean, yeah. if you really want to, and especially with different apps that have HD wallets built in, where it changes the address every time, so you're not reusing the addresses. Yeah. I mean, just that feature that's kind of become standard across a lot of wallets is is really awesome. Yeah. I can't so, figure out uh, what app I should use on my phone for a Bitcoin wallet. I wish there was someone bits. who could tell me. Oh, oh, why why is money <laughs> falling into my Bitcoin account? Oh, no, it's not paid. <laughs> but, yeah, but anyways, obviously I gotta, I'm biased. Yeah, <laughs> I I haven't got a chance to really use it. I, I've still kind of been using my uh, standard issue Bitcoin wallet because yeah, you ever used, go to Starbucks or Target? Mm, or no, are you too cool. No, no, I go to Target too every cool. once in a while, but Walmart's so much well, cheaper, and it's right here. It's mm. well, it's Walmart is also. Um, I can't give away too much, but if you like Target. And Target. things like Target, Target, or uh, Starbucks, then you can get a discount when paying a Bitcoin through the Airbits app. Hmm. So, yeah, it is something that uh, I think is useful to your average consumer. And, uh, yeah, I think it I think I'm going to buy my Blu-ray copy. I think I'm going to get a Blu-ray copy of the Hateful Eight with my, with my Bitcoins. <laughs> there you Airbits. go. <laughs> anyways, I got I to gotta go wrap ahead. this up. I got to get yeah, thank you. Thanks All for right. coming on. I hope you come on again soon. Uh, I'd love to. Yeah. Worms. Uh, or, 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 damn it, wrong show. Words. <laughs> Words. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you too. Thanks. Are you sick of government lackeys who say you didn't build that? Are you tired of elitists who think you need a government permission slip for everything? Everything you do is an A to B conversation, and the government should see their way out of it. Create true free markets by adopting the BIPCOT No Government License. The BIPCOT No Gov License allows user modification of any product, service, or software except by governments or government agents. Go to BIPCOT.org. That's Bravo, India, Papa, Charlie, Oscar, Tango.org. For some reason in, in this country and in a bunch of Western world, it's okay to just judge. Hey, this is Michael Dean from the Freedom Fiends Radio Show. Computer programmer Derek Slopey and I have created Fiend Phone. I'm using Fiend Phone right now to talk with and record one of my co-hosts in real time. Take it, Davi. Hey, this is Davi Barker, and I'm a thousand miles away from Michael, but we sound like we're in the same room. We sure do, Davi. So, Davi, please tell the nice people more about Fiend Phone. Fiend Phone is free, no-gov software that opens up a global world of possibilities for collaborative, high-quality, remote voice media production, and I'm digging it. People can try FiendPhone right now at FiendPhone.com. But we're also raising money to vastly improve FiendPhone and vastly improve independent talk media worldwide. So go to FiendPhone.com to help out. Who will build the audio roads? We will, with your help. 
That's fiendphone.com, F-E-E-N-P-H-O-N-E.com. Foxtrot, Echo, Echo, November, phone.com. Fiendphone, I never knew remote audio could be this good.